Bruce Close. I'm Mel. I'm Lisa. And every week we get together and uh, crack open some beers and talk true crime. Um, and today I have a story that um, I'm going to tell. It's based out of the, it's from the 90s, 1990 in Colorado. And um, can't wait to share it with you. I'm excited. All right. Let's hear it. Let's get the show on the road. Okay. Uh, Diane and Brian met and fell in love in college. They were kind of quintessential perfect, the quintessential perfect couple. Diane was a cheerleader from Texas and Brian uh, a six foot three football player. They were also very religious. And when they met, they instantly knew they were there was a connection. After college, the couple settled in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and started their lives together. They had three children. Brian had a great job, and they shared a beautiful home. However, Diane's health took a turn for the worse after the birth of their third child, and no matter what Diane did to course correct through diet, exercise, better sleep, the symptoms persisted. So finally, Diane consulted a doctor, and she was diagnosed with lupus. According to Mayo Clinic, lupus is a disease that occurs when your body's immune system attacks your own tissues and organs, so it's autoimmune disease. Inflammation caused by lupus can affect many different body systems, including your joints, your skin, kidneys, blood, cells, brain, heart, and lungs. Diane's case, however, was mild and readily managed with medication. However, Diane still needed support, and because of that, she sought out a lupus support group and found one that met at the Otis Park Community Center in Colorado Springs. While attending the support group, she met friends and shared the challenges of living with lupus. Diane had a strong community of doctors, friends, and support, and she was managing her symptoms to an almost symptom-free condition at the time. So the lupus support group met regularly on weeknights, and it was on one of those nights where Diane's life would come to an end. The night of September 12, 1990, was a warm evening in Colorado Springs, and the lupus support group at the Otis Park Community Center had just wrapped up another successful meeting. Around 8.45 p.m., as members were cleaning up and gathering their things to leave, Diane and a friend left the center to walk each other to their cars. As Diane and the friend were coming out of the building, they were approached by someone wearing a mask, gloves, and aiming a gun towards them. Diane turned the other direction and started to run back towards the community center, but the attacker caught up to her, grabbed her purse, and then shot Diane in the back. As Diane fell to the ground, she lay facing the attacker and begged for her life. The attacker shot Diane again, point blank in the chest, and fled the scene. So, it does not sound like a robbery. Really? You think so? I would say it's not. Yeah. Um, Intuition right could there. have just shot her in the back, and then while she's down, grab her stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um. what is so, it, crime of passion? Mm, We're shooting suspicious. her point blank? Yes. Yes. Diane was given CPR on site by a nurse who came out of the community center after the commotion. Once paramedics arrived, Diane was rushed to the hospital and unfortunately pronounced dead on arrival. Hmm. Police, led by Lieutenant Joe Kanita, 
wasted no time. Excuse me, Kenda. Police led by Lieutenant Joe Kenda. Oh, is that the guy? Yes, it's the guy. <gasps> yeah. Wait. That's where I saw show. this. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. He, he worked there and he worked this case. Wow. So know. we know he eventually caught him then because he's good. Probably. He's great. Yeah. Haven't heard it, but wow. He sniffs out the clues. Yes. It's uh, <laughs> a good bruise clues. <laughs> yes. Blues clues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So police, led by Lieutenant Joe Kenda, wasted no time investigating the scene that evening, as well as interviewed witnesses. From the witness accounts, the attacker was approximately 5'6 and stocky in build. Dressed in army field jacket, military fatigue pants, a black ski mask, and glove inserts. The attacker did not demand anything from the friend Diane was walking with and seemed to target Diane only in the attack. Uh-huh. So we may have an investigator right here at this table. You know, you know? I pick up on things sure like my do. buddy Joe. <laughs> Canine units, we love our dogs, uh-huh. um, were brought to the scene and they found some very interesting pieces of evidence. They're First, better than some real cops sometimes. Um, I would <laughs> just second, third, and fourth that for sure. <laughs> Give them uh, extra treats, those babies. Absolutely. Give them the steak, the cheeseburgers. Let's yes. go. <laughs> Um, so they were brought to the scene and found some very interesting pieces of evidence. First, they located Diane's purse, which contained no credit cards or money. They then discovered the scent of the attacker led them to a trash can. Inside the trash can was a huge clue left by the attacker. The very army jacket, mask, and gloves they wore when Diane was shot. Rule one. Rule one, if you're a criminal, criminal, stop listening. But that's rule one. You don't throw it away, like, right next to you. Yeah, it's not advised. It's I not mean, smart. But you know don't what? Do it, first if you're of all, If but... you're a criminal, yeah, you're yeah. not smart. So yeah. don't do that. This is very good, good, good advice. Um... <laughs> it's very confusing advice. Don't do that. But also, if you're going to do that, yeah, whatever. Just go ahead and do it if you're the criminal. Just we'll catch you. Yes. Joe's um, on you. The canine unit led the investigators along a back alleyway. And then the scent eventually ended in one area. From that information, it was gathered that the attacker was parked there. And since the scent ended there, the attacker drove away from the scene. Investigators then met with Brian, Diane's husband, at the hospital. Brian was noticeably upset with the news and shared that he was home at the time with their three children. He stated he couldn't think of anyone who would want to harm Diane. As the conversation continued, Brian shared more details of their home life. He shared that he and Diane had a great relationship. Everyone always has a fabulous what? relationship. We had situation. no problems. We, it's so weird. We never argued. And our friends were I always mean, like, how do you guys do how that? How do you do it? You guys are perfect. And always, you know, another thing they say, leg lighting up the room is, um, I forgot what you just said. Uh, had a great, great relationship. Not a great relationship. The thing before that. Go back a sentence. Uh, couldn't think of anyone that would want to harm Diane. Couldn't think of anyone that would want to. There's always some bitch out there <laughs> that wants to hurt you. That wants to hurt I mean, you. actually, I don't know. Watch your back, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would want to hurt me, but I feel like that's another line, too. Like mm-hmm. Common. Yeah. Yeah, there's somebody. Mm-hmm. So um, he shared that he and, and Diane had a great relationship, and although she struggled with lupus, she was a great mom. He continued his conversation with the police. He did note that he was an avid gym goer and he would work out about five days a week at a local gym. 
What does that have to do with anything, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> dropping, dropping little you, tidbits of information. Do you want the officer to feel your bicep while we're at it? <laughs> wow. He wanted the cops to be like, oh, that's why you look that good. I'm so impressed, Sir. Brian. Wow. We thought it maybe it was three days a week at the gym, but five. Our dog out. sniffs muscles out. <laughs> no wonder. Uh, the following day, <laughs> forensics on the bullets that killed Diane came back, and they were found to have been shot from an 1872 Colt single-action army revolver peacemaker. That is so intense. I don't I'm even know. I'm pretty sure that collection of words I've completely botched, but if you're a gun person, you may have heard of these types of guns, but they're very rare. Um, and that was a huge hint for the search of the killer. It was kind of like that golden nugget out there. Yeah, that um, helps. Use exactly. use rare guns if you're a criminal. So yes. also throw your stuff away right there. Was worth thousands of dollars. So a, a collector would have kept this type of gun. Mm-hmm. Police started their investigation started their investigation looking into many different leads. One of those leads led them to interviewing the staff at Brian's gym. Outside of this being a robbery gone wrong, they were looking into potential suspects that may have wanted to cause Diane harm. Now, while at the gym, employees noted that Brian did work out there regularly, like all the time. Yes, Brian also talks to us about how much he comes in. (laughs) (laughs) He makes sure we see him and look at his muscles. (laughs) (laughs) And he would often work out with another woman. They noted the woman's name was Jennifer Reale. And she worked for a local florist. With that lead, the investigators felt there could be more to the story than a robbery gone wrong. Uh, So they went to go to the florist and talk to them. So the owner of the florist um, uh, welcomed the questions from the investigators, noting that Jennifer Reale did work in the shop and she was an excellent employee. She was great with customers, never any trouble. He confirmed that she was married to a military man named Ben. And he also noted that they, the shop owner and Ben, Jennifer's husband, shared a common interest. Antique guns. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) This caused the investigators' eyebrows to raise. Was Ben responsible for this murder? Yeah. So Ben Reale worked at Fort Carson as a criminal investigator for the U.S. Army. Wow. Ben, you're just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Looking a little sus. <laughs> he was an avid gun collector and married to Jennifer. The stars seemed to align for the investigators as Ben being their target suspect, all things considered. The only thing left to do was interview him. So during the interview, Ben was helpful and curious. He shared that he did own a peacemaker and he had regularly recently taught his wife how to shoot it at a local driving range. But when investigators told Ben that the gun he owned was a dead ringer, no pen intended, for the gun responsible for a woman's death, and then showed him the clothing left behind at the scene, Ben turned white. His wife had just returned the gun to him the day before, and she'd asked Ben to clean it for her. Oh, so he, Ben, okay. He had Sorry, it on ben. base with him and retrieved it for the investigators to complete full forensics of the we- of the weapon. In the meantime, Ben explained that he hadn't been home for weeks as he and Jennifer were going through some challenges in their marriage, and he preferred to sleep at the base. He shared his location for the time of the murder, and his alibi checked out. Could Jennifer have been responsible for Diane's death? 
That's the question. Investigators then interviewed Jennifer, and it wasn't long before she fully confessed to shooting Diane Hood. But what was her motive? She explained that she and Brian had been having an affair for the last seven months. They met at the local gym, where Brian was at all the time. It was inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) And he also told her that as well. (laughs) That Uh, was his hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) They met at the gym and started talking after a workout in the gym's hot tub. Oh, well. Mm, Yeah. Things got hot in the hot tub. Yeah. (laughs) They shared their similarities in fitness and family. Jennifer was struck by how religious Brian was and his ability to quote scripture at any moment for any occasion. He basically would quote scripture fitting the occasion. So he would basically draw, you know, lines to a scenario to scripture. Even though this scenario, even though the scripture may not apply mm-hmm. at all, yeah. he was just that good with the scripture that he was able to pull it and attach it and make it sound like it was, you know, intentional. That's impressive. Good memory. What does it say about cheating on your wife? Okay. We'll get to that. Oh. Um, so Brian was, so he confided in Jennifer that his wife was actually seriously ill with lupus and explained to Jennifer that the illness was going to take Diane's life very soon. No. In the near future. Nope. Nope. Whenever they already try and kill their wife off to some new girl, like, Mm -hmm. nope. Suddenly her mild symptom-free case of lupus turned into she's going to die. (sighs) As the affair continued, Brian started mentioning that Diane needed to die, first at passively. Then Brian became more serious, noting that Diane was going to die due to her disease anyway, and that someone just needed to kill her. Oh, boy. Just put her out of her misery. (laughs) He quoted scripture to help back up his reasoning and then pitched the idea that Jennifer should kill Diane. Brian was very convincing, and Jennifer finally agreed that it had to be done. Brian promised a life together once Diane was dead. He promised to get Jennifer a better house and a car, and he was able to afford these new items because he had, guess what? All that money. Recently taken a a life insurance policy on his wife a few months prior to the murder. You piece of trash. So get this. In the policy... Brian would receive $100,000 if Diane died due to an accidental death. However, if Diane was murdered, caveat, the total payout would be doubled to $200,000. Why would you even put, put that, that as there. a like I don't disclaimer with people already it was wild back then they probably I that's not an actual thing anymore <laughs> insurance policies we are insurance coming <laughs> record scratch girl we are talking to you please do not put that in the can you get the insurance company on the phone please hold on for the please. love of horrible husbands and wives out there they want to kill them their spouses that's please like giving them a reason stop. that's giving them the push that they don't even need but they they're gonna be like yeah most definitely yep um so the plan was set in place and the pieces put in order and all jennifer had to do was shoot at the time of her trial jennifer's attorney actually tried to claim insanity on her part because she was under the guise of brian this didn't hold weight and jennifer was found guilty and convicted of first degree murder in 1992 1992 
and receive life in prison. In 2011, Jennifer's sentence was commuted by the Colorado governor at the time, which made her eligible for parole. In 2014, Jennifer was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and fought against it receiving treatment while she was in prison. She was finally paroled in 2017. However, just after she was paroled, she died March 24th, 2018 from the aggressive cancer. She was 55 years old. Brian Hood was convicted of second-degree murder and murder conspiracy. He served 37 years in prison and is currently out on parole. No. Yep. Brian, are you listening? Brian, we hey. have a special message for we you. We have to talk to you. <laughs> we'll wait. I'll, I'll just keep trying to pour my frozen beer yeah. here. Um, so that's, that's the case. That's crazy. Totally Let's crazy. freaking crime on tap right yes. now because... Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to break these beautiful ninja turtle glasses we have. I'm Michelangelo. Hey. <laughs> Who is this? Leonardo? Don Donatello? The purple turtle, if anybody knows. Purple turtle, guys. Purple turtle. I think it's Donatello. Um, I'm going to go. No, 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 no. Red is. Michelin. Yeah. No. Orange. This is That's... orange is Michelangelo. I have orange. Don... She has purple. Don't ask me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Let's move on. <laughs> so. I, okay, I kind of feel for Jennifer, like, you pulled the trigger, but, you know, like, you have some big muscly guy who goes to the gym all the time in your ear being like, you could feel my muscles all the time if you just pull the trigger (laughs) and we could have money and she's dying anyways. So like, you're not even doing a crime. Yeah. That's my Brian voice. I'm just going to keep talking. (laughs) So I just Jennifer um, and she died then right after she got out and then Brian meanwhile is like he's out nah, right slap he on the wrist on a boat right now he's hanging out he's living his life I mean he's probably at the there, gym there <laughs> <laughs> there are um, there are interviews with Jennifer online um, and she really uh, was remorseful I mean you could tell like she she. Um, was one of those cases that truly, I think, felt after the fact bad. And she she did continue to say that she was under, you know, the kind of guise of this person. And I think circumstances for anyone, male or female, can lead you into these situations where you make a really, really bad decision. And you know, she was convicted, mm-hmm. rightfully so. She served time, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the just the fact that, like, Jen, uh, Diane's family, um, I believe, ended up forgiving her. Oh. I think they just had to. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you have to move on. Yeah. And stop, you know, kind of, like, hating this woman for, for doing this. I mean, you don't have to. Right. I'll just put it that way. You don't have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. But they always say, like, forgiveness is more for you than for the other person. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that's um, that was definitely the case for her family or, or people in her family. I don't want to say, like, her full family. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like, Jennifer devoted her life to, um, to Christianity, the faith. I think she she attended, you know, the, the church in the, in the prison and 
and led, you know, groups. So she so she tried to, like, put her time and energy back into doing good. She was reformed after that, like, she realized. Trying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's just sad all around. I mean, dude, you know, you $100,000. It's not that much money, dude. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's doubled, so oh, two hundred, right. but still, right, but still not, like, it's not a million. It's not. No. And I don't know. Like, honestly, I can't even. Obviously, I can't put my mind into where he was thinking. But like, why would you trust? I mean, I guess in his head, he's out of the situation either way. Because he's going to be like, well, she... And and this was the problem. Like, the news at the time, she was kind of like the scorned woman. Mm. Like, she was portrayed... There was a movie, um, Fatal Attraction. Oh. And that was right around that time. And they all... Like, she was referred to in the news as the Fatal Attraction killer. Like, she was some really batshit nuts person. Femme fatale. Mm -hmm. Like, is that how you say it? Femme fatale? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and she and she was like out for blood and out to to take Diane's life. But nobody's talking about Brian. It's just her, her, her. Correct. I mean, she did it. She did it. So, but she was a victim of abuse at the same time. Emotional, yeah. That's it true. was emotional, and mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't get like a hall pass, but. I feel like Brian should have gotten a lot more. So yeah, so I think that at the end of the day. Um, the only real total loser in this is Brian. Mm-hmm. He he, you know, manipulated people. You know, I've, I I left this out, but I think it's an important thing to mention about Brian is that um, he actually would like tell other people he wanted Diane dead. <gasps> so like, it's not like he was um keeping it on the dl right not like trying to get away with it he told like a long um time friend i think he told a guy a bartender actually um beer therapy as as people do yeah they (laughs) confess it's beer it's beer uh bar top confessionals i've heard some things (laughs) yeah and um and listen you know if you work in the industry (laughs) Look alive, everybody. You know, people get real confessionally sometimes mm-hmm. um, at the, on that bar stool and drinking that beer. And and I think sometimes it can be, like, looked at as, like, a joke or something. But, like, this dude, like, literally said, like, my wife needs to die. And I don't think that is something that um, you can frame as a joke or something that's not serious. Um, here's a weird thing, I think, for everyone who has married or in a long partner relationship, Diane had no idea how he felt. Mm-hmm. That is so disturbing to it me. Is. In it my is. mind. That the right. inner workings of another person that you're so, so intimate with. Uh-huh. You have kids. You're doing shit. You're doing family stuff. Man, you are like passing your children you made together day to day you're going to work you're buying groceries you're doing the life you know you're living your life and this guy kept not just an affair to himself but kept this like such deep ill will towards his wife that's like I think that's what makes us all if you're listening to this a little obsessed with these stories because we're like what 
was the tell. Where yes, how where would are we the know? red flags? Because where we, are the red flags? Anybody? We are, are Diane. those people. Yes, we are fucking Diane. God, no, we're fucking Diane. <laughs> we are literally <laughs> right, Diane. Gosh, yes, darn it. We and are cleaning shirts out of underwear, and yes. that's how intimate this is. And yes. you have the nerve to go behind my back to the bar, saying how you want me dead, the and come home and give me a kiss. And yes. I mean, she truly thought that their marriage was great. And that right. is wild. That is. Just me. like, well, I was going to say the Chris Watts. I mean, she knew that there was like a disconnect, but still not to the level that he would annihilate his family. Yeah. I mean, so, I feel like same thing. we can't interview Diane to like know for sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, she was doing things that told us she was doing well. She was taking care of herself. She was seeking out community. She was taking care of her kids. And she wasn't, like, filing for divorce. I mean, she clearly, in in her life and in her world, maybe something felt a little off with the marriage from time to time. But, like, welcome to marriage. Yeah. Like, Something's always off daily. Something's always a little <laughs> off. Yep. You know? And someone's tummy might not feel good. You yeah. never know. You don't know how yep. everybody's feeling all the time. And that's yep. okay. But, like, to go from zero to 100 you're being shot in the in a in a parking lot and that's how you end your life and like mm. you don't come home to your kids at night and that's like just and your husband and your set it up husband and knew that that's it. how it would end yeah that that you know? is wild to me and also like intriguing about mm-hmm. these types of cases because yeah. Diane we we don't know we don't know we no. don't know and it's not even about trust because I'm sure if we, if she was alive the day before and we interviewed her and said, do you trust your husband? She would probably say, with my life. Yeah. With our, my kid's life. She she left her children, which is more important to her than her life, with this man. So mm-hmm. that is clearly telling us that she trusts this person, right? And for what we know, he wasn't abusive even right like there wasn't even that correct so it's not like she was needing to get away and scare exactly no she loved and trusted this person and he she literally left him with her kids to go to this thing so she in that state of mind everything in her mind is is okay you know she's leaving and he's okay, the kids are okay, everything's okay. And she walks out and dies. And mm. it's just like, and for things he put in place. That is so freaking crazy. Okay, yeah. talk to your spouses. <laughs> what? <Let's, laughs> what's the question pattern so here? So <laughs> I, I need to just advocate communication right now. I don't suggest you sit down and say, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then start with, do, do you, you want to murder kill me? me? <laughs> Trey, I'm coming home tonight. Babe, do I light up the room? <laughs> We're talking. Don't you dare. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know what to say. Hey, listen, is there a way, <laughs> this is a crazy question, is there a way you can look if someone's um, opened an insurance policy on you? <gasps> 
There should be. Girl, is that our million dollar idea? Yes. Like, if We're cutting was... this out so easy. <laughs> Trey, cut the feed. Cut the feed. We're making money here, babe. <laughs> this is our ticket. <laughs> we figured it out. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, is there a way to, like, know? Because I feel Without like. Without calling. I don't think there I is. I feel like so many of these cases. Did Diane know there was an insurance policy written on her. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna Google. Did she know? She's gonna be like, she's she didn't look at know. my Google history and be like, are you? <laughs> are things okay? Zach may never look at my Google history because I looked up, <laughs> I look up some fucked up shit mostly for the podcast. Yeah, people, calm down. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just wonder if that is a thing because. I feel like so many cases, so many things you hear about someone has an insurance policy, opens an insurance policy on their spouse, and the spouse does not know. And like in this case, and again, I don't know, I'm sure policies have changed at this point. Mm -hmm. In time, at this particular case, there were specific stipulations Mm. about the type of death. And apparently, Brian would... um, I don't know if he admitted this to a friend, but would even try to like turn into oncoming traffic with her in the car. Oh my god! Because that would be like killed by an accident. But I think he like shame on him, obviously. But like that could also result in like a, a partner with disabilities, which would like be horrific for everyone. So yeah. like, don't do that, anyone. But you know, so he was like actively. She's like, I'm not letting you drive anymore. What is wrong with you? You're a horrible driver. (laughs) One time and you're done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sir. Right. But yeah, I just wonder, like, is that a thing? So it says you can call the state commissioner's office for your state. They may refer you to the I, the MIB, the Men in Black. What is that? (laughs) Men in Black. (laughs) They're like, oh, here come the MIBs. (laughs) Just call the Emma Bees. They may help you track down the policy, usually free of charge. That sounds like too much because I'm not going to be calling like every day. No one's hey. calling. So you can also check. Oh, it's the Medical Information Bureau. I didn't think it was. Don't call the guys. wrong. <laughs> Don't call that MIB. I didn't think. I think it. You know, I didn't think it was. I thought it might be. Well, I didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> no. It may break a story. You can get a free copy of your annual disclosure to see what's... So every year you can call and get a thing. Once a year? Yeah. Girl! Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you call and the one time of year is in February and your spouse takes a policy out in March... You I don't feel know like you should get year. an alert. Like, send me a courtesy letter. We should know. Yeah. How is this not a thing? Especially with the stipulations of being like, hey, can we get a different policy? Like, why? Why is my name on this only? Why is it only if I die? Yeah. And in these very specific scenarios. (laughs) If Mel um, (laughs) falls onto a kitchen knife in the middle of the dark. (laughs) I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't happen to you now. Oh, my gosh. God, don't go... I don't get up at night. Don't I go am, in kitchens. I am the hardest sleeper on the planet Earth. I will sleep through a freaking train. Yeah. Oh if a knife went into me in the middle of the night, I'd be like, it's uncomfortable, but can someone have a blanket? I'll take care of it in the morning. I just need cozy. <laughs> where'd my sock go? 
<laughs> my feet are cold. <laughs> you were sock sleeping sometimes. I've just started. Oh. I'm a rel- I'm a new socks. I know it's weird. I never was. I always had my feet out, but I've been um, told recently to cover my feet and keep them warm. Do you put your feet on Zach at night? Is that is that him telling you? We don't really touch. Well, I'll, I'll tell the truth. We hold hands at night. Oh, I know. Trey, take that out. Please, <laughs> no, for the sake no, of my marriage. No, <laughs> they're newlyweds, guys. <laughs> so we ten years. We don't even sleep in the same room. <laughs> I'm on the couch, Trey's in the bed 90% of the time, and we're happy. Yeah, (laughs) whatever works, guys. I'm just saying this man loves to hold my hand at night, and I I adore it. So We're not cutting that out. That's beautiful. (laughs) He's holding on to me so I don't go to the kitchen and fall into a knife. Yes. (laughs) Or because he knows you took policies out. God, we need an app. He got his annual disclosure. Listen. (laughs) We need an app, and it's going to be called don'tlightuptheroom.com. We're taking out all of this important stuff, guys. Trey! Copyright. Trey, we're talking to you. Trey. Cut it. Copyright all of this. It's already copyrighted, guys. Don't bother. It's trademarked, whatever. There's just got to be a way. It's wild to me that there's not. Maybe there is. We just haven't searched apps yet. Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of like a Google alert, but an app for... Insurance. You get a notification. Bitch, run. (laughs) An insurance policy has been taken out on your head. Yes. Doubled if you get murdered. Disappear. That's crazy. Yeah. That should be a thing. And I I want the alert to say that, too. I just feel like, can you buy, can you buy a, you can't buy a car jointly without the other partner there. You can't, like make major I'm just saying like that's yeah. a pretty significant thing like okay so for work if I wanted to put uh, if I wanted to have like life insurance for myself for my spouse I yeah. can do that through a policy at work but I don't know if I can do that without his permission now so maybe they've changed things I don't know I think you can because Trey has life insurance on all of us and I know about it how did you know about it because he told me he we went over what the policies would be and he told me like the different or he even tells me when he ups it he's like hey I upped it because it was a good deal or something like so he's not hopefully trying to get away with anything but <laughs> so quick google here you can buy life insurance for someone else if they agree and are aware of the decision However, you can't buy a plan for anyone without an insurable interest and consent from the person you are buying insurance for. So it's basically, I see it too, it's basically just insurance fraud because you need a signature. And if you're the one signing, it's faking knowledge. Which you could do. You could do if you know their signature. And if they're dead, they can't say that's not my signature. Right. So I do feel like it's needed to know or be able to look up in some way or form. Right, especially any for database abuse. that would have a partner that's filed a, an insurance policy request for. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, if anybody steals our idea, can you at least give us credit? Yeah. Like, just throw a couple hundo our way. <laughs> Or or joint life pro- policy. I guess the same thing applies. Like, if you both, if you get a joint one, the other partner technically has to sign for it, but like yeah, 
what is a signature? Am I right? It's fraudulent people out there looking at you. Oh, she was looking at me, actually. I, she I, well, said that. Because it's the only eyes in the room. <laughs> She's not a fraudulent person. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't want to tell you about my well. insurance policies. Oh, no. Trey. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. Actually, I was looking at the picture above you. Is that you? Yes. Oh. My friend did that a couple of years ago. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It looks just like you. That's, that's how I knew it was you. That's me. That's 23-year-old Mel. Mm-hmm. Taking a picture. Long time So I could ago. show everybody so they're not like, what? <laughs> hey, friend. Oh, Credit to friend. Know. Yes. Michelle. Cheers to Michelle. Cheers. That was fun. Yeah. So... I don't think it's going to affect anybody because we have some episodes backed up, but I'm going on vacation the 4th of July. I think we leave 4th of July and come back the 16th. Sweet. So we're going to have about two weeks possibly not recording, but you guys will never know if all goes smoothly. Yeah. And we have it backed up. We have some good episodes. We have some, we'll be, we'll be working, some of us, I'll be working on some more episodes while you're away, just yes. to kind of get some backlog going on here. Yeah, good idea. And, um. I could also do that when I have time. We're just, we're camping, though. I don't think she will. Guys, I don't think she will. Mm. It's fine, if you don't. Take your No, vacation. actually, the first week, we're just going to be in Georgia at a house, which, absolutely, there's going to be no. nobody there. Not even the cousins are going to be there. Okay, well, take your vacation. Okay. If time comes up and you're, you know. If you... Figuring out these red flags is a vacation to me. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> it feels better to know Fair. what to look for. Yeah. So I hope that makes everybody else listening feel better about their true crime tendencies i had a friend that actually like true crime shamed me she was Ooh. like what are you a murderer well she's not my friend anymore well i hope not so we don't stay friends with those folks no. and number two i feel like there is a genuine curiosity in us all your friend sh- there is. your friend it's- shaming you over it is is no not outside of this but there's a genuine curiosity in us all which is as humans to understand like it's called psychology yeah girl come on um, <laughs> like why these things occur. And it's the same thing with Diane. Like it goes back to the point where like she she felt comfortable enough to leave her children with her husband. That tells me literally everything. So like you have this person who trusts another person to the point that she's leaving the most precious things she has in this world with them. And this person wants to kill her. And so like the mind-boggling part is like how do you pre- how do you predict that type of behavior were there were it's there red so flags that Diane missed we don't know mm-hmm. and this story doesn't share that if but her friends aren't sharing it either then probably yeah. not because you know you right. talk to your friends yeah but there's other cases out there where maybe maybe there were signs and maybe the victim survived and maybe we could learn from that and I think that's what draws us into these cases is that we, we don't want to be the victim. We don't. We want to hey, know. If there's anybody out there that is willing to talk to us. Yeah. We're all please, ears. Call us. Please, please, uh, please. Don't well, call don't us. Don't call us. Nobody phone answers number. phones. Fair. Text DM. <laughs> Why do we message Blues you? Blues <laughs> underscore clues underscore podcast on Instagram and bruiseclues321 at gmail.com. Emailing's probably best. 
Perfect. But you could always just do all that other stuff too, social media-ness. But seriously though, we want to share stories because we don't want it to happen to other people. That is our main concern. It's not like an entertainment thing where we want to like exploit people. We just want to know what to look for. And I even told that there was a lady that came into the brewery one time and I think I told you about it, but like she was shaming me because I was talking to like this regular guy. He was talking about Stephen King books and I was talking about other like just true crime stuff with him. And she was like, do you ever wonder why you're like that? Wow. And I'm like, rude. No, I mean, because I am interested in the human mind and you're not. She was very much like a hippy dippy peace love flowers which there's nothing wrong with but also like she just she's like i can't think about any of that stuff it's too dark well i think there's something there in that the fact that like we all have our own capacity to take on certain amounts of reality some people just can't and that's fine too yeah i mean there's some but don't judge me Correct. There's some weeks where, like, I can't watch anything scary or depressing. I have to monitor my shows because Mm -hmm. I'm just not in the right headspace. And I am the one, that says a lot, because I'm the one in my relationship who wants to watch the scary stuff. I'm constantly negotiating with Zach to, like, And he's holding your hand, like, scary things. <laughs> as and long I, as you hold my hand. That could be why he holds my hand at night. <laughs> I'm forcing him to watch scary movies. But that makes a lot of sense I now love that we it. talked about. <laughs> However, there are some weeks mm. where, like, it's so, it, I've had a stressful week or something sad happened or, you know, like, and, and you can think of, like, these victims who are victims' families who, like, have gone through the trauma of, of these situations. And, like, in scary movies, you never know what they're going to touch on. Mm-hmm. Horrific things. So, like, I would see her clear of that. And I'm actually, like, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to watch those types of things and ingest this type of, of, of things. So, like, there's a very real possibility that, like, something happened to this person or she just doesn't have the capacity to to take in that type of woe. Mm-hmm. However, I think anyone of that kind of judgment, you know, you're not hurting another person. You're not harming anyone. You know, I think the judgment needs to stop. I think if you're touching someone or hurting someone <laughs> or doing something or doing the crime to them, yeah. we have judgment for you. Come <laughs> if, to I, us. if I don't have you tied up in a freaking plastic a room. day of judgment for you. Yeah. Listen, I just went Dexter. I'm like, if you're not in a plastic room <laughs> yeah. with foil, with not foil, uh, plastic wrap plastic all over wrap. you. Yes. Listen, don't come at me. Don't or at, if yeah. I don't, if I don't open a book that says how to be a serial killer right in front of your face, <laughs> like, no, maybe I'm not interested in how to be one, but how to avoid one. To avoid I one. even told her, I said, I think it's an anxiety thing. Like, I just want to know everything. Yeah. How to avoid it? And she was, she kind of laughed at that, and I was like. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. yeah. It's fine though. No, I, I feel fine about my true crimeness. That's yeah. why if I didn't, I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> I wouldn't do and this. We know listeners, if you're still with us, you do too. So thanks yeah. for hanging if on. If you're this still talk. with us, hello. <laughs> and um, and uh, thanks for hanging with us. And we just appreciate you being here. And um, we really do. Yep. There was. Our first episode had 35 downloads. That's way more people than I thought would listen. Yes. I great. thought it would just be Zach and Trey. <laughs> just because they were forced. Yeah. <laughs> and moms, maybe. <laughs> 
All right. Well, okay. with that, we'll wrap it up. And um, our, you know, as always, dark in the room. <laughs> Bye. Take care. <laughs> Be safe out there. I can't see you. Bye, <laughs> guys.